Frank Costello's biography is still of great interest among both Americans and around the world. His life is covered with a huge halo of mystery and various hoaxes. Let's try to understand these intricacies and understand the main point. Costello was born on January 26, 1891 in Lorapala, a frazione of the town of Cassano Allo Ionio in the province of Casenza in the Calabria region, Italy. In 1895, he boarded a ship to the United States with his mother and his brother Edward to join their father, who had moved to New York City's East Harlem several years earlier and opened a small neighborhood Italian grocery store. While Costello was still a boy, his brother introduced him to gang activities. At 13, he had become a member of a local gang and started using the name Frankie. Costello committed petty crimes and went to jail for assault and robbery in 1908, 1912, and 1917. After his release from jail in 1917, he fell in love with a close friend's sister, Loretta Giegerman, and married her in 1918. They had no children. While working for the Morello gang, Costello met Charlie, Lucky, Luciano, the Sicilian leader of Manhattan's Lower East Side Bank. The two Italians immediately became friends and partners. Several older members of Luciano's family disapproved of this growing partnership. They were mostly old-school mafiosi who were unwilling to work with anyone who was not Italian, and skeptical at best about working with non-Sicilians. To Luciano's shock, they warned him against working with Costello, whom they called, the Dirty Calabrian. Along with Italian-American associates Vito Genovese and Tommy, Three Finger Brown, Lucchese, and Jewish associates Meyer Lansky and Benjamin, Bugsy, Siegel, the gang became involved in robbery, theft, extortion, gambling and narcotics. The Luciano-Costello-Lansky-Siegel alliance prospered even further with the passage of Prohibition in 1920. The gang went into bootlegging, backed by criminal financier Arnold, the Brain, Rothstein. The Italian success let them make business deals with the leading Jewish and Irish criminals of the era, including Dutch Schultz, Oni, The Killer, Madden and William, Big Bill, Dwyer. Rothstein became a mentor to Costello, Luciano, Lansky and Siegel while they conducted bootlegging business with Bronx beer baron Schultz. In 1922, Costello, Luciano, and their closest Italian associates joined the Sicilian crime family led by Joe, the boss, Masseria, a top Italian underworld crime boss. By 1924, Costello had become a close associate of Hell's Kitchen's Irish crime bosses Dwyer and Madden. He became involved in their rum-running operations, known as the Combine. This might have prompted him to change his last name to the Irish Costello. In 1925, Frank Costello became a U.S. citizen. On November 19, 1926, Costello and Dwyer were indicted on federal bootlegging charges. They were accused of bribing two U.S. Coast Guardsmen, presumably so that they would not disturb the unloading of liquor from boats in New York Harbor. The largest boat in the Combine fleet could carry 20,000 cases of liquor. In January 1927, the jury deadlocked on the bootlegging charges for Dwyer and Costello. In 1926, Dwyer was convicted of bribing a Coast Guard official and sentenced to two years in jail. After Dwyer was imprisoned, Frank Costello took over the Combine's operations with Madden. This caused friction between Madden and a top Dwyer lieutenant, Charles Vanny Higgins, who believed he should have been running the Combine instead of Costello. Thus, the Manhattan Beer Wars began between Higgins on one side and Costello, Madden, and Schultz on the other. At this time, Schultz was also having problems with gangsters Jack Legs, Diamond and Vincent, Mad Dog, Call, who had begun to rival Schultz and his partners with Higgins's help. 
Eventually, the Costello-Madden-Schultz alliance was destroyed by New York's underworld. In the late 1920s, Johnny Torrio helped to organize a loose cartel of East Coast bootleggers, the Big Seven, in which a number of prominent gangsters, including Costello, Luciano, Longhees Willman, Joe Adonis, and Meyer Lansky played a part. Torrio also supported creation of a national body that would prevent the sort of all-out turf wars between gangs that had broken out in Chicago and New York. His idea was well received, and a conference was hosted in Atlantic City by Torrio, Lansky, Luciano and Costello in May 1929. The National Crime Syndicate was created. In 1931, after the Masseria and Maranzano murders, Luciano became the leader of the new Luciano crime family, with Genovese as underboss and Frank Costello as consigliere. Costello quickly became one of the biggest earners for the Luciano family and began to carve his own niche in the underworld. He controlled the slot machine and bookmaking operations for the family with associate Philip, Dandy Phil, Castel. Costello placed approximately 25,000 slot machines in bars, restaurants, cafes, drugstores, gas stations, and bus stops throughout New York. In 1934 Mayor Fiorello Lane Guardia confiscated thousands of Costello's slot machines, loaded them on a barge, and dumped them into the river. Costello's next move was to accept Louisiana Governor Huey Long's proposal to put slot machines throughout Louisiana for 10% of the take. Costello made Castel overseer of the Louisiana slot operation. Castel had the assistance of New Orleans mafioso Carlos, Little Man, Marcello. Costello brought in millions of dollars in profit from slot machines and bookmaking to the Luciano family. In 1936, Luciano was convicted of running a prostitution ring and sentenced to 30 to 50 years in state prison. He attempted to rule the crime family from prison with the help of Costello and Lansky, but found it too difficult. With Luciano's imprisonment, Genovese became acting boss of the Luciano crime family. In 1937, Genovese was indicted for a 1934 murder and fled to Italy to avoid prosecution. Luciano then appointed Costello as acting boss. His underboss was his cousin Willie Moretti. From May 1950 to May 1951, the U.S. Senate conducted a large-scale investigation of organized crime, commonly known as the Kefauver hearings, chaired by Senator Estes Kefauver of Tennessee. Frank Costello was convicted of contempt of the Senate and sentenced to 18 months in prison. Senator Kefauver concluded that politician Carmen DeSapio was assisting the activities of Costello, and that Costello had become influential in decisions made by the Tammany Hall Council. DeSapio admitted to having met Costello several times, but insisted that politics was never discussed. In 1952, the government began proceedings to strip Costello of his U.S. citizenship, and he was indicted for evasion of $73,417 in income taxes between 1946 and 1949. He was sentenced to five years in prison and fined $20,000. In 1954, Frank Costello appealed the conviction and was released on $50,000 bail. From 1952 to 1961 he was in and out of half a dozen federal and local prisons and jails, his confinement interrupted by periods when he was out on bail pending determination of appeals. In 1956, Adonis, a powerful Frank Costello ally, chose deportation to Italy over a long prison sentence. His departure left Costello weakened, but Genovese still had to neutralize one more powerful Costello ally, Anastasia, who had taken over the Mangano crime family after the disappearance of boss Vincent Mangano and the murder of brother Philip Mangano on April 14, 1951. In early 1957, Genovese decided to move on Costello. 
Genovese ordered Vincent Giganti to murder Costello, and on May 2, 1957, Giganti shot and wounded Costello outside his apartment building. The altercation persuaded Costello to relinquish power to Genovese and retire. Genovese then controlled what is now called the Genovese crime family. A doorman identified Giganti as the gunman, but in 1958 Costello testified that he was unable to recognize his assailant. Giganti was acquitted of attempted murder. During his retirement, Frank Costello was still known as the Prime Minister of the Underworld. He still retained power and influence in New York's mafia and remained busy throughout his final years. Cosa Nostra bosses and old associates such as Gambino and Lucchese still paid visits to Costello at his Waldorf Astoria penthouse, seeking advice on important mafia affairs. Costello's old friend Meyer Lansky also kept in touch. Costello occupied himself with gardening and displayed some of his flowers at local horticultural shows. On February 20, 1961, the United States Supreme Court upheld a lower court order that stripped Costello of his U.S. citizenship. But on February 17, 1964, the same court set aside a deportation order for Costello, citing a legal technicality. In early February 1973, Frank Costello suffered a heart attack at his Manhattan home and was rushed to Doctors Hospital in Manhattan, where he died on February 18. Costello's sedate memorial service at a Manhattan funeral home was attended by 50 relatives, friends, and law enforcement agents. Frank Costello is interred in a private mausoleum in St. Michael's Cemetery in East Elmhurst, Queens. We hope you enjoyed Frank Costello's biography and hope that it has inspired you to discover new things. If you liked our video, please like it and leave a comment. Also subscribe to our channel to always be the first to know about new videos.